Amen. Let's continue to worship him. Amy, I'm in band. We're going to skip to the next song, The Solid Rock. Let's start there as we continue this portion of our worship service. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Let's sing together. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest dream, but holy need on. Oh, let's stand and sing it to him. On Christ the Worthy of every breath we can ever breathe, we 
God, may we put our trust in you alone. And may you lead us to those around us, those that need to hear your word. May we be, may we be willing to go. May we be willing to follow you. And as your word is preached and proclaimed here this morning, we listen and will follow in complete obedience. In Jesus' name I pray. feel like I do a lot of times. Tired. There's always so much going on. There's everything else to do, it seems like, besides go to sleep. My wife and I went into a store. It was kind of a girly store, but I thought, well, I want to go in to be a good husband. And I saw this sign, and I took it off the shelf and said, I'm taking that sign. We are buying that. And this is what it said. Give it to God and go to sleep. We worry about so many things, and we really need to trust more and do less and allow our difference-making to not take from us, but actually invigorate us. It's possible for us to walk with a refreshed heart, being used by God, and letting Him live His life through us. Trust more and do less, and give it to God, and go to sleep. Well, we've had a lot of great stuff this morning, some, some great encouragement um, Mitch didn't tell you he's not even going to be here next Sunday. <laughs> but what I thought was so cool is they, they have such a neat experience next week. Their son is graduating with his doctorate, and so they'll be out of town. But he's going to come back, and he's going to do 20 houses, just like everybody else. And he said, anybody that wants to go with him, you can even be a Democrat with a Republican going out. He will uh, offer to do that, but I am so thankful for you guys sharing as you have done. And uh, we want to recognize Tom. David, Tom, where are you? Tom, come on down. You know, this is Tom's last Sunday. We thought that he was going to be leaving earlier, and the, the, the move to Michigan has been postponed. But Tom has been a part of our church for, I guess, about a decade now. He's been our, one of our deacons, and he is moving, relocating to Michigan with work. And we have the opportunity to pray for him next week. Remember, we'll be having all of our new members up here so you can see that we're not just shoveling people out the back door. But we do have new people coming in. And just to say this, when we go out next week, that is not a bait and switch to try to fill our doors with people. That is us going out to be the kingdom of God, to try to share the gospel. If they end up at another church, so be it. Our job is to share. But Tom, we want to pray for you. We want to invite your Sunday school class to come up here and huddle around you and pray for you as you make your move. And we're thankful Tom is going to be living very close to his parents uh, who are in a stage of life in which uh, their care is becoming more and more necessary. And he's going to be up there. And we just thank you for the experience that we have had here. One of you guys uh, in the class, would you, we have a microphone here, I think, somewhere. Uh, whoever's going to lead, would you just grab this microphone and, and pray for Tom as he uh, heads out? Lord, we're so thankful for Another, the fellowship in our class, the bonding that we've had uh, with Tom over the past 10 years, what we've learned from Tom. Uh, we're thankful for what 
so thankful to those experiences. And the Bible studies that we've led, the men's studies we've led, is faithfulness and example to all of us in our class and throughout the church. Uh, we know that you're going to be with him as he travels and uh, is witness to those in Michigan, the ministry of his family. We know you're going to do great things for the top. We are so thankful to be part of that experience. Lord, just continue to watch over Westgate as we go this learning journey and reach out to the neighborhoods. Uh, be with all of us as we, we knock on doors and we're concerned about what they may say and what we may say. And just put that aside. Be with us and you'll give us the words to say. But we're so thankful this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Tom, thanks again, man. Appreciate you very much. Uh, Amy, could you skip down to the uh, slides that talk about 2 Timothy, judging must be done? We skip down there. And, and while we're getting there, I want to uh, just go over the script real quick with you for next week. You know, Mitch said you don't have to memorize the script. You don't have to memorize it. Just kind of, just, I wanted you to hear how easy this is going to be because you're not going to be asked to do an apologetic study, systematic theology. You're not going to be asked to explain ecclesiology someone might ask you that but you can just say well i think our pastor could get in touch with you later in the week but listen here here it is you go to the door and say hi i am i'm raymond this is my wife michelle we're from westgate memorial baptist church and we have a card card does i didn't even pick it up here the card does all the heavy lifting for you because it talks about upcoming events that we have going on and uh, so you hand them the card okay start over ready so you can see how quickly Hi, I'm Raymond. This is my wife, Michelle. They don't care about my last name. We're from Westgate Memorial Baptist Church. Uh, it's a church right next to the West End Little League Fields and Sally Curtis School. This evening, we're out in the community praying for our neighbors because life can get pretty tough sometimes. In a few minutes, we're going to go back to the church to pray. So we wanted to know if there's anything in your life that we can be praying about. Pause. See if they have anything. Five seconds go by. They don't say anything. You can always call us later with any prayer request, and we'll definitely remember you in prayer as we get back to the church. There's also a life-changing prayer printed on the card that anybody can pray. You're just going to tell them about the upcoming events on there, anything that you might want to highlight. We're also giving out Bibles this evening. If you would like one, it's written in English, uh, contemporary English. It's a little bit easier to read. Thank you so much for your time. Not that hard. We're going to have people here in the sanctuary uh, that can't go out. Maybe the heat is too much. Maybe you're uh, age-related. Maybe you've timed out of events like this going out in the afternoon. In the sanctuary, we'll have people here that just want to pray. You're going to be our prayer warriors. And as we're going from house to house, if we get a prayer request and someone says, you know, I'm, I'm just having a difficult time at work right now or facing a lot of stress in our marriage, you just put down their name first name only, don't get a last name, and it'll show up on the screen up here, and all the people that are gathered in the sanctuary can pray as we're out there doing that. Uh, so it's, 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 a, it's, it's really such a, uh, an easy thing for us to do to, to share. So anyway, uh, you can pick up one of those scripts if you're thinking about it. You can pick up a script back there uh, at the Connection Center when you leave. So the yellow sheet of paper. Okay, you with me? Good, good. All right, now, let me, got to clean up a little bit of last week. We'll, get, we'll, we'll race through the message this morning. But uh, last week, I, I left you with a, uh, a point that should have been made because I talked about the idea of uh, judging that God has called us to judge accurately. 
And I said, we need to apply the golden rule. You can treat other people the way that you want to be treated and still not judge correctly. And so I, I felt this is important. I included this in the television messages. Judging must be done from a biblical standpoint. Because if we are going to go about trying to help each other navigate life correctly, biblically, we must use God's word as a foundation. All scripture is, is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And then Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, with every sermon, uh, a pastor has a sermon that he hopes to preach, the sermon that he does preach, and the sermon that he wished he had preached. Happens every time. I wish that I'd gotten that last week, but I just it, did, just, it escaped me, so I wanted you to have that. And, and have no fear. You should have known this. I got a C in preaching in seminary. You knew that when you hired me. So um, just kind of cleaning up last week's message a little bit. Judging must be done from a biblical standpoint. Now, you've said this, what we're about to talk about today, to your kids, uh, maybe to a member of your family. You might have even said it to your dog. No doubt you have said it to strangers sitting in a car in front of you. And you've even been asked this question yourself. What are you waiting for? Now, in reality, it's not actually a question. It's a call to action. Someone is telling you, you need to quit sitting down and go and do something. But today, what if we looked at it as a legitimate question? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for graduation? The graduation between kindergarten and high school comes much quicker than we realize. Are you waiting for promotion? Are you waiting for affirmation? Are you waiting for a marriage proposal? More money the next election. What are you waiting for? Each of Jesus' mandates have an in inherent promise when we obey them. All these that we've talked about, there's value to us. There's a promise that is instilled there. But today we're going to see a command with a very specific promise, a command with a promise. It's found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 through 44. Jesus has been explaining and talking about the second coming. And he gets to the end of that, and he says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at, the, at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So many people get hung up on the how and the when of Christ's return that they overlook the fact that, he, that He's coming, and we need to be prepared for it. Yes, He may come in the air, and we see this incredible return of Christ. That may happen in our lifetime, and Jesus has been telling every generation we need to be anticipating that, preparing for that, wanting that. But we also might meet him when we pass from this life and we go to meet him in heaven. So as Jesus is talking about in this particular passage of Scripture, we must have a level of anticipation, anticipating his return. Did you know that's a command? We are commanded to anticipate his coming. It's not just kind of hope for. And when do we usually hope for Jesus to return when things are not going well in our life? 
Maybe we get a bad diagnosis. Things aren't going well at work. We're struggling in our, our marriage or other relationships. And we just say, oh, I long for heaven. But you know, Jesus wants us to long for heaven when we are at our very best, best today. We're standing on top of the summit of Breckenridge. There is nothing but powder, sunny skies. It is gorgeous. Life can't get any better. And we say, Lord, if you came now, that would be perfect. Do we anticipate the Lord's return like that? That's what Jesus is talking about. And as he, as he opens up this passage, he's reminding us that anticipation leads to preparation. If we don't anticipate the Lord's return, we won't be prepared for it. Understand this, he said, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, the idea is if he'd been anticipating, then he would have been prepared. See, Stephen Covey wasn't the first one to say, begin with the end in mind. Jesus noted that, that anticipation leads to preparation. Why do I set our alarm every time we leave our house? Because I'm anticipating that someone that shouldn't be in our house will come to our house. It's never happened, and I pray any of you listening online are not at my house right now. <laughs> we'll see you on our ring cameras. But... It's that anticipation that leads to preparation. Did you know there are 132 shopping days until Christmas? Wanted you to be prepared, right? And when you're anticipating it, you prepare for it. If you weren't anticipating Christmas, all of a sudden it'd be Christmas Eve and you'd be out trying to do your shopping. We've all been students. We've heard that same old question a million times. Is this going to be on the test? And here is Jesus saying, no, this isn't going to be on the test. This is the test. And that's why we need to anticipate so that we will prepare for it. And preparation, we'll see, leads to action. So anticipation leads to us preparing for something and then preparation leads us to action. Notice what it says in verse 43 of the second part. He would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. He would have done something. So when we're anticipating, it leads us to prepare, which leads us to action. Back to the school stuff with all these kids starting school again. We understand the dynamic of cramming for a test. But this is not the kind of test you can cram for. This is the kind of test you need to be prepared for right now. Dr. Puckett was one of my mentors in college. He was, he was my main professor as I went through Grand Canyon College, now Grand Canyon University. And there are always kids asking just dumb questions about stuff like we just talked about. Is it going to be on the test? And he would say, if you will just study, just study, the grades will take care of themselves. Prepare rather than cram. We can't cram for this. Weeks like uh, next Sunday, those are times for us to prepare. We can't cram right at the end of our life and, and say, okay, I'm going to go knock on a thousand doors right now. Can't do that. We don't know when he's coming. So we're to anticipate, which leads us to prepare, which leads us into action. You know, back in Back in uh, May, Michelle was gone for almost a month uh, being with our daughter up in D.C. when our 
fourth granddaughter was being born. And so she was gone, and I had the house all to myself. And lest you think that I keep a messy house, don't. Michelle keeps an immaculate house. And as I was thinking about her coming back, as I was anticipating that she would come back, I called Megan and Blake, and I said, is there anybody that you know that will come in and just, I mean, do a deep cleaning of our house? She does a wonderful job. It's always clean. I haven't trashed the house while she's gone. But when she comes back, I just want it to be cleaner than when she left. So ladies came over, surprised her, didn't tell her anything about it. She came in, and all of a sudden, because, because our house is so clean, she does such a good, she was noticing little things that were cleaner than before. Why did all that happen? Because I was anticipating her coming. See, when I was in college, I didn't anticipate something like this. I was a college student. College students can be a little bit slow, especially if they're male, especially if their last name is McHenry. And there I was living with a family, and the mom and dad, they went to a family reunion in another state. So here are Forrest and I, living together with no parental supervision whatsoever in the house for an extended period of time. It was ideal. Dishes piled up. We didn't do chores. We didn't make beds. But we knew when they were coming back. Only problem is, they came back a day early. We're laying in our separate bedrooms and all of a sudden, we hear noise in the kitchen. Sounds like familiar voices. And they had, drove, they, had, they had driven late into the night, and they walked in to see the house in total disarray. Friends, when the Lord returns, you don't want your house in disarray. And that's why Jesus says, anticipate so you will prepare that will lead you into action. And action leads to reward. Look at what it says in verse 44. So we must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. Therefore, be ready. And then we skip over to Matthew 25, the next chapter. And he gives a great analogy. He tells a story of these guys. That are, one guy's given a bag of gold, uh, five bags of gold. One guy's given two bags of gold. And one guy's given one. It doesn't really, the, the amount is not the issue. It's what you do with it. And the guy with the five bags, this is when, when Jesus came back. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. He was anticipating the Lord's return. And because of that anticipation, he prepared with action. And so when the Lord came back, he wasn't surprised. And Jesus said, well done, great job. All of us want to hear that, right? We're all going to be standing before the Lord within 100 years. All of us. No exceptions. We're all going to be standing before the Lord within 100 years. Some of us much sooner than that. And when we stand there, we want to hear, well done. Not, well, you're done. <laughs> we want to hear, well done. And the promise is extended to the one with the two bags who did the same thing. Again, it's not about the amount. You know, several years ago, we, we had these little wristbands that, that said, live for that moment, that reminded us that life is filled with many significant moments, and we should enjoy and cherish and seize all the moments we can, but nothing compares to that moment when we stand before Christ and we give an account of our one and only life. 
We're looking at the possibility of just having not the bands made again because those are not trendy anymore, but maybe just a little. What, what I found, Janet is so good at stuff like this, she, she reminded me they're called challenge coins. And, and maybe just a little, a little something to carry in your pocket to ri- remind us to live for that moment. So the question today is, are you eagerly anticipating the Lord's return? Sometimes we, we, we almost dread it. It's like heaven is a, a consolation prize. We dread that our life is going to be over and we won't have any more opportunities and then it's going to be bad. The question is, as we see in 1 Corinthians 1, 7, are we eagerly anticipating? Paul writing to the church at Corinth, you don't lack anything. So are you eagerly waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed? Are you eagerly waiting? I'm going to skip this last section. I'm going to use that next week. I told you I'm not very good at sermons, so I'll I'll save that for next week. And we'll go ahead and be done. Another C C message. But let me ask you the question. Are you eagerly anticipating the Lord so much so that you're really prepared for it? Pray that you are. As we go through this time of commitment, I'm going to, for all of us as a church family, we have the opportunity to, to walk up here and to take one of these street names off. And then you'll have the responsibility, and they're, they're in duplicate, so if you don't do it, someone else will, hopefully. But I hope that everybody will come up here and just say, I'm going to take this street, and when I leave church today, we're going to drive down that street, and we're going to pray for God to do something supernatural in the homes of the people that live there, in the lives of the people that live there. Everybody needs to know, everybody. And you're not being asked to share this next week. You, you may feel compelled to. You may get the opportunity. I hope you won't back up. But, but people need to know that God loves them and that he's created them to have a relationship with him. But they also need to know that there's a breach and that our sin has separated us from God. Just like we don't automatically worship when we come here, just because we live doesn't mean we're automatically in right relationship with God. We're automatically in wrong relationship. We're in rebellion with God because of our sin. And only Christ can make us right. But the beautiful thing is that we can be changed for all of eternity by humbly repenting of our sins and fully surrendering our life to Christ. So if any of you here this morning have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you would voice, this is the life-changing prayer that we will hand to everyone next week where they will have that in their home and they can pray it if they so choose. And I hope that if you haven't prayed it, that you'll join me as we pray now. Let's pray. Lord, we recognize that there may be some in our midst in this room or listening online that have never committed their life to you. And so this whole idea of anticipating your return just doesn't make any sense. They're really hoping that you won't return. For sometimes as Christians, we, we just don't fully comprehend what it means to anticipate the glory of being in your presence for all of eternity. We know that life has meaning to be lived richly to the full extent as long as we're here. And that can only be done with a relationship with you. If anybody has never received Christ, I pray that they would voice a prayer similar to this. Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner in desperate need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me of all my sins and become the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender to you all that I am and all that I have. And I will follow hard after you the remaining days of my one and only life. 
Lord, thank you for who you are, the way that you love us. Give us everything that we need to share that love with others. In your name we pray. Amen. So again, just a couple of things if it didn't make sense. You simply come up to the, the door, symbol, symbolizing the doors that we will go to. There is a street on there. Those are the streets that we'll be going out to next Sunday. During the song, you just come up if you want. Take one of those names with you when you leave today, throughout the rest of the week. Pray what God might do on that street. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Let's stand together and let's sing.
Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed.